This is uh, Yellowhammer and Sickle Podcast, and we've got Jesse and Chris here with us again today. Or Jay and Chris. Oh shit, dogs to myself. Um, Jay and Chris here today. <laughs> <laughs> Instant F, F in chat. This, uh, this can just go ahead and be the incrimination report. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have fun finding me. I've already been dogs twice. <laughs> incriminating my, me incriminating myself on the last podcast and you doxing yourself. I don't even call myself my real name anymore, so I don't even know where the fuck happened. Actually, that's not my real name. Um, I'm going to gaslight everyone. <laughs> you did not hear that. I said Jay the whole time. But, um... Yeah, so uh, in this episode, um, we're going to kind of cover post-COVID United States, um, which has, from what I see, three potential outcomes. Post-COVID United States, from a virology point of view, um, there's no post-COVID. COVID... My friend who works at the CDC, not going to quote her, not going to use her as a statistic, but she said, COVID is here. COVID, COVID has moved to the U.S. It's not going anywhere. It's, go- it's now going to cycle like the flu. Yeah, and that's um, very, very terrifying. Um, it's just... <laughs> so social distancing... Um... We will have to probably start social distancing in the fall. Japanese streetwear is going to be like the norm. We're going to have like that, like. I, actually, actually, I I have a view on that, and I think we should have already been doing what Japan and China has done, regardless of COVID. Um, oh, a good lot idea. Of people, a lot of people sided with the flu during the beginning and saying the flu killed this many people and I'm like and that doesn't disturb you? I love how they like try to justify deaths with like well these beanie people die from car accidents every year and it's like okay well um, that's also a problem maybe we should have more public transportation Um, you know they always just bring up like what about this and it's like well those are also solvable problems like I'm like (laughs) that's a problem that I can solve that's also a problem I can. That's also a problem we can solve. But I mean, um, yeah, everyone knows really... us, us commies like have a boner for trains. So like, you know, we're all about the public transportation, which we cut down I'm on. Autistic, I'm an autistic communist. <clears throat> In the words of Doctor Krieger, bup, 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 I can only get so erect. <laughs> uh, Archer's my shit. Um, <laughs> Archer is awesome. Yeah, and H. John Benjamin's dope too. I'm glad that he was a, a big advocate for Medicare for all, which would be great. Um, in like better healthcare in general. We're not going to get Medicare for all. In fact, the Republicans. I mean, I'm glad they failed because <laughs> that's a death sentence for me. But they tried to gut Social Security and Medicaid. I know, like, Cuomo even did that in New York during the pandemic. Like, um, 
Republicans are sitting here during a global pandemic trying to push their neo their neo liberal po- policies of complete deregulation of the bank. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, we have now reached over a thousand people dying a day again, and, and we're quickly we're quickly approaching two thousand people dying a day. We're clearly going to hit over the two hundred thousand mark, and that's like I believe this fall we will we will probably be hitting five thousand people dying every day. It's um. To the point where anyone that brings up the flu is insane because you just off to Google, like, and they're usually debate lords, like libertarian debate lords are like, it's like the flu. And it's like, uh, no, I just Googled one statistic. Have you seen the new pictures? They haven't released pictures of what's going on with the dead, but they are struggling so hard. I didn't read the article, but it looks like they're running out of body bags, and they had to use cardboard boxes to store the dead in one town because they, because people were dying so quickly, they could they could barely keep up with the dead. And that's, that's not surprising. That, that's something I'm afraid of um, is the collapse of. Um, <laughs> The fact that we may be unable to handle the dead, that is going to be an economic, like, we're going to talk about that. Um, I don't think Republicans understand. Um, You can't have an economy if you have a million people dying after after 1% of your population died. Definitely, like, we're not going to get COVID under control, and that's something we're going to have to live no. with. And, um, so and the, the thing three... is, the worst thing is, it's not just the United States. No, it's, um, it's worldwide. It's, there's and... a thing, it takes, it takes the entire, it takes, it's not one country can solve a pandemic, it takes the entire world. If one country, especially if it's a country like the United States, is unable to contain something as major as this virus, it's going to continue to get out Spain because of a UK traveler is now dealing with a second insurgent. Like, they're hitting 2,000 cases a day. Now I'm going to move into our possibilities in the United States. So we know... Uh, the, what, what, is gonna, what is the United States going to look like? Yeah, because uh, there are, in my opinion, three options. And just hear me out on these and see what you think, if there are any others. Uh, Donald Trump wins the presidency. Joe Biden wins the presidency. Or there's a revolution. And we get to do a plague revolution. <laughs> And those, to me, those are the, the options that I see ahead of us. Well, we have to look at the historical context, what has generally happened after pandemic. Um, after the Black Plague, um, after the Black Death, it w- there's two possibilities to the end of pandemic. You have 
what happened after the Black Death, which was a total and complete ending of of the way feudalism was worked. Alexa Bedroom Cool. The way capitalism was structured, the way feudalism was structured, um, where the workers were able to demand a um, living wage because of how many people died from their negligence. Um, and it, you, they were able to restructure feudalism, which would later um, go to the the abolishment of uh, feudal kings and the establishment of parliament and the establishment of private corporations that were not under kings would begin the beginning of capitalism. Um, or the destruction of one order and the birth of another, or um, we could have the 1918 pandemic scenario after the after the um, Spanish flu, it it broke the economy in a way so shortly, but it. It fueled it along with World War II is responsible for the rise of nationalism within Europe, which would later fuel the uh, would later act as fuel for Hitler during um, his during the German Socialist Workers Party campaign in. Uh, the wine art republic we know that the uh reactionaries and the um fascists are going to capitalize on of course uh, because the pandemic they're accelerating accelerationists they yeah, fraud- they're, they're already doing it now yes um i forgot the name of the group um they have atomic they're a neo-nazi group and atomic with Adam Waffen or something like that. That sounds correct. <laughs> Adam Waffen or something like that. I don't care. They're fucking Nazis. Yeah, Ego Waffle sounds good. <laughs> They're fucking Nazis. So they don't. Oh, sorry. To have um. Yeah, Nazis aren't people. <laughs> uh, still there? Uh, yeah, you can speak. Cool, cool. Um, well, so the 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 fascists are going to capitalize on it, which is uh, just how it is. Um. But the left needs to get organized because that's like our only issue, not the only issue, but the main issue is um, we we don't organize and stay organized and use direct action in a way. Um, and I understand a certain amount of infighting, but there comes a point where I, in my opinion, it's like, well, you might be like a trot or an anarchist or something, but, you know, right now you're my comrade. <laughs> 
um, and pretty much anybody to the left of Biden, I would see as a comrade if they were actually out in the streets. Uh, but that that's kind of uh, e, like a a soft thing to say um, from a lot of people uh, around our perspective. So to get around to um, the most likely scenario of what will happen, um, the most likely scenario is the United States shrinkage as a power and America adjusting to existing as a power like um, Germany or the UK and America adjusting to the new world dominated by China which we can already see right now that the American bourgeoisie is furious yeah. And is literally trying everything they can to push a regime change in China, which, um, when we talk about regime change in the DPRK, it would be disastrous. Um, if you push something like that in China, something that has been socialist for the majority of it existence for the majority of its modern existence for all of its majority existence you just can't do that you j it took the Soviet Union when they began when Khrushchev began using his propaganda and using his propaganda to try to push um, to try to push uh, I mean he was more uh, to the right of um, Stalin conservative or I would say no, he he pushed his reforms and he was the original one to um Because uh, a lot of people um, have are, are very critical of him that are Marxist-Leninists that I know. Of course, I'm still learning all the reasons why. And the current who's the current chairman of. Uh, the CPC. Xi, Xi Jinping. Xi, yeah, because there's like a, a lot of, uh, there's like further left Maoists that aren't fans of uh, Xi that I've been reading about. Yes. There um, are. So um, I don't, I don't really see regime change from the left happening in China. Of course um, not. That that's not. So that's not. We any regime change from the right, especially if it's like U.S. involved, is going to be terrible. You know. 
Um, it won't happen without a nuclear war. Yeah. Yeah. And if it comes down to supporting the U.S. or China, you know, you will support. We will support China, but my the criticisms of China from a Maoist perspective. If you're on social media, we just rarely talk about it. We share articles and then try to um, not talk about it because it's not worth it. Yeah. With a lot of the little arguments, I kind of, unless I'm just bored and want to learn things, um, I, I tend to keep it to like the present and what we're going to do in the future. Um, which is, it's interesting, like, you know, talking to uh, the trots or, um, uh, or I guess they don't like that term, um, the Trotskyists and stuff like that uh, without bringing up the past. Um, but it almost seems like they're more likely to bring up the past. But um, I think there's that group, uh, Socialist Alternative, and everyone I've met from SA, uh, has been really nice and even though i'm like stalin posting on main you know they haven't like you know called me like a a, a murderer or anything which <laughs> has been interesting and um, i do have some friends that are maoist and some friends that support the current cpc and um yeah there's there's been mostly like positive uh discussion about the future and um from whatever country that i've talked to and less um negative things like less darts thrown towards other leftist groups um so that's interesting um and some of the the the, the books that i've read uh or the the writings i've read from the ml parties across the world um there are some critiques in there but they're not like damning they'll just you know be calling some party revisionist or um maybe saying that you know uh liberalism is thinking into a certain party i think we need to if we're going to look at what the united states is going to look like domestically yeah. Um, honestly, when I look at it from a d- domestic standpoint, I can't see America existing for much longer. I just can't because not without a civil war. Even the Republican friends I had, um, as I said, had uh, before Trump got elected, they were all like Rand Paul and Ben Carson supporters. Um, like they were already talking about like comparing uh, the United States to the fall of Rome, and that was in like um, that was, I guess that was around the time of the Republican primaries. Yeah, um, but wh- now that you bring up the fall of Rome, it it's interesting because from a fascist perspective, which I had the um, unfortunate of having to really look into 
the way fascists view the world. Um, spoiler alert, it's not positive and it's very warped from how reality exists. Um, but Nazism is a specific form of fascism. Um, America has always been fascist. I've wrote a whole article explaining the origins of what we are doing with I can that can probably be linked. Um, um, definitely send me the link and hopefully I can link it um, um, when I upload the about episode. The, about the origins of U.S. fascism. It's always been here. Um, but if we're going to talk about the its origins, where it came from, well, it came, it's always been here. But Nazism is a specific form of fascism. It's a specific type. It exists completely separately from... It, it sets itself apart because unlike fascism, fascism is um, an ultra-nationalistic approach to... Um, a capitalist regime. It is what you see with Moby. It's what you see in Israel. But Nazism, that is a specific brand of fascism. Uh, Neo-Nazism, neo-fascism. Would you consider the Proud Boys Nazis? Yes. The core ideals of Nazism um, let me see. Because, I... like, the whole, uh, they, 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 like, describe themselves as, like, a Western, proud Western male chauvinist. And if I think that you, kind if of... If you want to get into the, um, rows of it, let's see. Quickly. Quickly pulls up ContraPoints' channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, ContraPoints, um... Uh, five ways to spot a fascist. I think that's the name of the video. Definitely check that video out if you haven't. Let's see. It's like uh, core... it is interesting that a lot of the people that should talk contra. So like, here are the core Nazi ideals. The here are the core Nazi ideals. The American, the German American people are a nation, are like a bio- biological organism that is prone to infection and decay. Ethnic minorities, homosexuals, communists, and the disabled are decadent elements that are that are the degenerate decadents are the elements that cause degeneracy. The degenerate elements must be purged in order for the health and existence of the nation. And you said that the uh, leftists should probably start moving away from using the term degenerate, even though oh, they're using yeah, it ironically. Because when I use the... Because when we talk about the fall of Rome and you see right-wingers bringing up the fall of Rome, I don't hear... Um, I don't hear... When I hear that, I don't hear 
oh, they're actually accepting. No, they're trying to find out who is responsible for this situation, and they're never going to blame it on the capitalists because they want to be capitalists. And what do you do when you cannot blame the people that are responsible? You find a scapegoat. And yeah. that's what they're doing. And they are blaming it on... And that's what Hitler did. And that's what the Nazis did. And that's what Hitler did. And that's what the German bourgeoisie used Hitler for. He was a front to hide the true element. Um, Nazism, and the way it's branded, um, is... Very, 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 very complicated, but very, very complicated. And I say that because people usually see Nazism as just fascism and Hitler. No, Nazism has a few core ideologies. It has the ideology that of a great nation, of greatness, of nationalism... But it also seeks to find out what is to blame for the decline of their once great nation. They always fixate on what it was, its former greatness, its former greatness. And they always point out um, progressive reforms that go along with natural, the natural course of history. And they usually blame that. Hitler blamed the form. Hitler, uh, Hitler used the. Um, greatness of, of of the German Empire and how it was such a great and beautiful empire just like Trump in his election said that America was a beautiful country and his his fan base's catchphrase make America great again if it's we are like to continue if we are to go down this route it's absolutely going to boil down into neo-Nazism. And we're going to see what neo-Nazism actually looks like. For the past 70, 80 years, we have really seen neo-Nazism as really a um, spur-of-the-moment group that just exists. Um, but we have never seen it in a nation where it has really took hold. It can't be Nazism because historical, historical conditions cannot repeat themselves, but they can rhyme and they can share similarities. And I do believe that um, Marx's quote is true more than ever. First time, it's tragedy. The second time is farce. farce. Um, um, yeah, and... Like, uh, what it reminds me of is just this little thing uh, I ended up researching because of Peaky Blinders um, after the uh, economy crashed and the stock market crashed in Britain. um, Oswald Mosley and the British Union of Fascists, like, started rising. And it wasn't until the fall of Hitler that um, Oswald Mosley's, like, you know, uh, push for fascism in Britain really... um, you know, uh, fell. And not to say that they aren't already fascist in some respects, but that was um, 
that was definitely a mask off moment. I mean, they still sell his work, Fascism for the Million, on Amazon, and you can buy British Union of Fascist flags from Amazon. Fucking insane to me. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a strange thing. But you know, history does repeat itself. Uh, I would um, definitely say they have been trying to reform their sales for the past since the fall of Nazi Germany. They've yeah. been trying to um. They've been trying to really um, they've been really trying to um, reform Nazism. They've really tried to move away from the blatant part of Nazism. Um, we can see the beginning of the blaming of trans people, um, blaming them for the decadence of Jesus fucking Christ. Am yeah, I... that's the that's the new trendy trendy one is uh to blame trans uh folks, which is um you know obscene and frustrating. Especially since um uh you know, I guess everyone's like, well, uh, we can't really do the just regular homophobia anymore. We've got to, you know, update with the times. <laughs> so. Um, I think America's going to be a much scarier place. I think, um, the Great Depression um, had a GDP shrinkage of 15%. The COVID-19 crisis has shrunk the GDP by 33, 33%. Yeah, and uh, it's getting to the point where, I mean, of course, I can get away with a lot of things that other people can't because I'm a like straight cishet, you know, white male. Um, and you know, just walking into fucking gas stations around here and wearing like I think yeah, I was wearing a Ancom shirt. Um, you know, shout out Kropotkin, and um, it just has like red and black, you know, the anarchy symbol and the sickle and hammer, you know, a part of the symbol. And this big giant dude with a bunch of people at the gas station goes, hey, man, nice shirt. And I, like, for a second, had no clue. I just said thanks, because I had no fucking clue if he was, like, serious or if he was, like, wanting to kick my ass, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think it's going to be strange coming out. Like, I, I have had people try to fight me wearing my Ushanka during the winter. Because it has the Soviet insignia on it, and um, I found out that the one one drunk guy that tried to fight me, uh, he said that he had lost a lot of friends in the war, and I was like, "Well, we've only been at war with Russia for a year or two. Um, and I was like, "Are you confused about something a little bit?" And 
I found out he was a Vietnam vet. So he just sees a sickle and hammer and, you know, puts it all together. Um, but I ask him if there's anything I could do I, I to also, make him feel better. And he, I also uh, pers- to build on that, I yeah. also perceive a new McCarthy era. And uh, Oh, there's definitely going to be one. It's like already started. There's going to be a new McCarthy era, even though the majority of those laws were... They were definitely repealed. Um, um, it, it, that doesn't mean that it won't happen again. I mean, we already have the, the, the Trump administration attacking Marxist-Leninists, even though they're cu- accusing the CPC of being Marxist-Leninist, um, which is debatable. And then... Yeah, that, that's probably good to say that, because... Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting... That was a whole different conversation. And then uh, the Trump administration openly coming after anarchists. And we have Biden coming after anarchists. And, uh, of course, I would love Biden to say the word uh, Marxist-Leninist, because I don't think he could actually finish that sentence. But... He's a court. Yep. The Democrats are running a court for president. They're like, any functioning adult, and then they run an actual (laughs) dead person. I'm still not convinced that he's not had he didn't have a stroke during the primaries. It's possible. Like I know very early on in the primary, just from Chapo's coverage, like there was nobody really there for him in Iowa. And like there was that weird kid who was just like, Oh, my grandmother loves, you know, like Biden so much. And it's like first comment I read under it was like, She's like, it keeps a nightstand, a picture of her, him on her nightstand. And he was just like, the first comment under it was, yeah, anyone else just uh, really want Biden to rail their grandmother? <laughs> like, oh. So I was just like, yeah, uh, Biden ain't going to be it. Like, and I was very confident that Biden was not going to be it. And then I remember the talking way, to the way the, we can try to, if I'm trying to change it back so we can. Oh, yeah, yeah. On topic. Yeah, off the rails, sorry. The way we can um, keep it, keep fascism from boiling over is um, stop using fascist language because the more the language of fascist is allowed to spread, the more they will capitalize on that capitalist um, will do anything they can to maintain power. I mean, look at what they did in... Look what Pinochet did to try to hold on to power. It threw threw us out of um, helicopters, right? Uh, among among various various um oh lord um one of so during the end stage of Pinochet's rule he became a bloodthirsty tyrant um he would well it was the beginning but it worsened underneath 
final years. Um, underneath, if you want to see what the end stage of capitalism and when fascism comes out to play, because fascism is nothing more than imperialism coming in words. Um, we yep. in, in words, it it it's retracting into itself. Um, like the snake has finally ate itself and it's came home. We're literally invading ourselves right now. So I mean, I don't think well, there's anyone who can dispute you. Imperialism has in of arrived in the United States, just like imperialism arrived in the Weimar Republic in the 1930s, after it tried to regain itself, um, tried to reposition itself, I'm sorry, tried to reposition itself as a power, um, I believe that Nazi, I believe that the United States, its future is going to be a hopefully short, hopefully a short one, but most likely it's going to last for the rest of the decade. Yeah. Which is. And, um,. Trump or Biden, I mean, if Biden wins, it's Republicans say, figuring out that they, um, it's, um, it's Biden, um, it's Republicans saying we we lost Donald Trump fucked us but yeah. this won't happen again and then I mean you need to only look at what they have been doing they have been distancing themselves from they've been distancing themselves from Donald Trump and so they want to go back to the status quo but the status quo has gotten uh, oh, so no, they don't want to go back to the status quo. They have very much, um, they have very much, because it's not just the status quo for them, because they are actual, they actually believe this. Um, they actually believe it. Be- they actually believe it. Tom Cotton um, is the new Republican, uh, darling. She, re, Tom Cotton is the new Republican darling with Republicans. I mean, look at his news coverage that we see. You, you're hearing more about Tom Cotton, and he's becoming the voice of Republicans. I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Cotton is probably speaking at the RNC. Uh, But we probably won't know because reporters are not allowed to enter the RNC convention. You know, what's funny is I 
don't even know who he is, so that's crazy that he's not on my radar. I'm starting to just, put it together. Research him real quickly. Um, After I've the death of George Floyd, Cotton rejected the view that there is systemic racism in the criminal justice system in America. Made the following he protest, the, Cotton. He was the one who wanted to jump out. Who wanted to jump, jump out of helicopters and abduct protesters? A no quarter for insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters, and looters. Okay, fuck this guy to death. That's fucking ridiculous. Send in the troops. Um, uh, okay, yeah, this guy's bad. See, I, I was figuring they're gonna have to run someone like you know that goofy jackass uh, Nazi Nick Fuentes, you know, or like. Because I know Richard Spencer isn't popular anymore, but this guy might be a more marketable fascist. It just depends on what demographic they go for. If they're going for the elder fascist or if they're going to go for the meme lord fascist. Um, and because I've already been thinking about who they're going to run next, if that is a future we get to. Um, and Dan Crenshaw has also been on the list of people that I think they might run. Who uh, he's a piece of shit, capitalist, uh, imperialist, you know. He he never learned anything from his service, so. Oh, no, he didn't. Um, like it, at least Tulsi Gabbard had the decency to oh, say no, she no, was no. Against he, he learned from his service. Everybody yeah. in the military has. Um, they've all had a role to play in this. Um, you can see Tom Cotton posing in front of gold. I believe mm -hmm. Tom Cotton's going to be the Republican nominee in 2024. I believe that they're going to Trump after he loses. He's not going to go away. Trump is not going away. Anytime he's soon. a personality at this point. He's going to be, if, he, if he's going to have ratings, people are going to follow him around everywhere. You know. Oh no, he's going to try to get back into office. I see him doing like Hitler did in the nineteen in the nineteen twenties. It's just funny because he he seems mad and miserable all the time. Like he and Bolsonaro both just don't seem like they enjoy it. Like Modi seems like he kind of enjoys being a fascist like dictator, but like Bolsonaro and Trump just seem miserable all the fucking time. Yeah, they honestly look like they hate what they're doing. Uh, I mean, it could be because Bolsonaro is like always getting attacked by birds and doing the Mr. Magoo, like, oops, I like fell off my ski lift or some weird shit. But um, I Trump still just... remember the time he got stabbed. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I'm glad you brought it up because <laughs> that's awesome. I he still was remember like, he, was being, he was being boosted up, and then um, I think it was a law supporter came in there and just stabbed him in the gut. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I don't like. I remember when Ellen Page interviewed him, and if you, I don't know if you've seen that interview or not, but it's a it's a really good interview um, about uh, the LGBT rights in Brazil, and. Um, Ellen Page is a fucking badass. Like, I give major props to her for her activism. Um, and um, also, she, Beyond Two she, Souls is a 
sweet ass game. <laughs> she needs to um replace Ellen DeGeneres. Oh god, if we had the Ellen Page show, that would be amazing. Holy shit, that's going on Twitter after this. But I do think <laughs> um after twenty after the twenty twenties America is slowly collapsing within it is slowly collapsing within itself. Um I don't think anybody in the world could ever deny that capitalism right now is According to Twitter and people around the world, outlook is grim for the United States. <laughs> Especially when I talk to the Swedes and um you know like I don't know if you follow Mia Mulder. Uh her commentary on the United States is pretty interesting. Um, and uh, when I talk to people in Germany, even they're like, "Yeah, you guys are fucked, and fascism's rising." Like, <laughs> um, you know. the United States is falling. Um, it's crumbling within itself. It, if it once Palestine is liberated, um. Once we have, once everything has been liberated um, in the Middle East, America is going to collapse because I think you can expect more wars in the Middle East. I think you can expect an invasion of Iran coming soon. Um, I can definitely see that the United States is going to invade Iran. I can see scandals with the DPRK that are going to follow. Um, They're going to try to, they're probably going to kidnap high-ranking officials. There's going to be another nuclear war scare. Um, Israel is going to continue doing their bullshit with Palestine. They're probably going to invade a nation the empire is in full-fledged panic mode. Yeah. It wants to save itself, but it, <clears throat> but because of its own hubris, it, but because of the. That's why the, I, the workers definitely need to separate themselves from the states that they are in. I think to an extent, and we all need to get together as, you know, a little international solidarity uh for the poor and oppressed peoples the working class because uh the people that are in charge of us are not looking out for us <laughs> at no, least on they our are side. Not. um so uh i know we're probably gonna have to end up wrapping this up pretty soon um yeah, what do um, you, what do you think it, is going uh is there a point you'd like to go to before i move on to the next one no, but we can wrap this up and begin the second, um, the set part two where we talk about the Soviet Union. Okay. Um, so, what point do um, you see it getting to where people start a revolution? In the United States, because I've had discussions with people. Obviously, we can't force a revolution, 
And this is the closest that we've seen in our lifetimes to people like standing the fuck up, you know, like burning down precincts, fucking, you know, all 50 states are lit up. But I still feel like there isn't enough momentum and enough organization. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, and of course, we never know what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I was talking to my friend that's a doctor the other day. And he's just like, well, it's not it's not time for revolution. And he's like, people aren't starving. You know, um, babies are still, you know, surviving. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're fat. They're not, you know, um, or they're well fed. I'm going, report, I'm going to repeat from a comrade. A revolution won't happen until Americans, until Americans are unable to breathe. And and ironically, you know, we have because of police brutality, uh, we have a lot of people that can't breathe right now. Um, and but you mean is it, is that like a reference to it's easier to see the or it's easier to picture the end of the world no, than the end of capitalism? That is um, that is a quote from. Fit. Friends, Farrell, okay. Um, that when they revolted, uh, when they revolted, when they revolted, um, when. When they, uh, when they revolted, um, where's it from again? When they, uh, revolted in Chile, it was because they couldn't breathe. When they revolted in Haiti is because they couldn't breathe. When they because revolted, of... when they revolted here, it's they couldn't breathe. Is that America of... will not have a revolution until the entire population cannot breathe. Is that like a reference to uh, like smog or industrial like? Uh... No, it's it's a reference metaphorical. To, um, It's a reference to, um, it's an, it's a uh, reference to, uh, Franz Ferron, where he said the reason we revolted is because we couldn't breathe. Okay. So, yeah, um, we might not be too far off. I'm just worried that people are going to become complacent or, you know, I, I don't think that people are going to be like, okay, Biden's elected. You know, we saved the city like SpongeBob meme where the whole city's on fire. Um, oh, no, they're definitely going to be like that. Complacency with liberals is definitely going to happen. I'm trying to pull as many people away from being a fucking liberal as I can. Um, 
because I want to make it clear. And I've gotten a lot of pushback. You know, it's, I literally had someone say fuck you to me the other day that I thought was a comrade because I was, you know, talking shit about Obama. And they're like, what do you want Trump to win? Like you're helping up Trump's supporters. It's like, no, I'm fucking critiquing so people don't get like, yeah, vote if you want to, but don't be fucking enthusiastic about it. Like, <laughs> because you're literally, there's nothing to be enthusiastic about, you know? Um, there is absolutely nothing to be enthusiastic about when it yeah, comes like, to electoral politics in America, I would say. But um, I don't know. The moment, the moment Bernie Sanders was denied the presidency was the moment any hope for for um dramatic for um yeah i mean within within weeks of bernie losing the nomination i joined the communist or i joined the communist party i joined the american party of labor i joined the socialist rifle association and i stopped buying dsa shirts even though i still help them out a little bit with the rashida talib's campaign um making calls um and then i stopped buying the dsa shirts and started buying uh hammer and sickle shirts and you know ancom shirts and linen and shirts then you, and then you helped uh begin to help the building of a communist party. Yeah, we're trying to uh, definitely, um, and that you you started your party uh, before before the primary, didn't you? It was started when Guano. Uh, yeah. When he declared himself. Um, that declared himself the fucking uh Venezuela dude. <laughs> yep. And then he, he got um, wrecked. He got comstered and dumpstered. <laughs> I I watched uh I watched and I literally was like I want to say the same thing and if I ever say him I'm going to repeat it to him uh roughly they shouted you're a disgrace to the homeland. That's awesome. And he is a disgrace to our homeland. I mean... Anybody that's uh, in league with capitalists is. <laughs> anybody who refuses to... Uh, anybody who betrays their homeland. Um, because in Latin America, the homeland and fatherland are extremely important. So when you betray something that is extremely sacred like that, you're basically saying fuck you to Yeah. To um your homeland. You're saying fuck you to the people who raised you, loved you, tried to keep you alive during sanctions um i don't it to me it doesn't matter that his family was rich 
Because to me, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that, uh... You... It doesn't matter to me at all that you were... It doesn't matter to me that you were ever... the president you betrayed your nation you betrayed your homeland you betrayed your people and he honestly deserves the death penalty for what he has done he placed millions of lives at risk for what he did for his act of cowardliness um i agree <laughs> I Face think, the wall. <laughs> I think, um, I think honestly, the history of the future of, um, for me anyway, the future for uh, America does not have me in it. What I mean by that is they're going to try to invade Venezuela and I will not be a part of a nation that attacks my homeland. Unlike Guano, that isn't in my blood. I don't betray my homeland. I support it by any means necessary. I guess, like, being an American and and just having British ancestry, I don't really... I feel like a man without a country. well, you do have a country. You have the lands of the Celtic. You have the Celtic countries. You just have to learn your history and learn about the Anglo invasion of the Celtic lands. That just sounds so disconnected from uh, me personally. So, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's interesting um, thinking about things like that. It's definitely uh, going to be um, a thing we're going to see after decolonization begins in the Americas. Um, you're going to see European Americans try to grapple with the fact that America as a country was not really a nation. It was a facade. It was a capitalist state that exploited them. Yeah. And that's why I believe gulags have to exist, because those people are going to need support. They're going to need um, people to help them. Yeah, there was a, um, an interesting thing that um, I talked to you uh some people about um because i i had said that the more and more i read you know as a a a baby communist um that criminalizing capitalist speech doesn't seem very radical to me and there was someone that commented that's a friend of mine that said well that's that would be a line that would be drawn and you and i would be opposing because i believe in free speech 
But in my opinion, communists have never had free speech in America. And, you know, of course, with Pro and everything like that, I mean, that's really evident. And um, I do think that they, they haven't had free speech in other countries because of us. And also, after the revolution, there are going to be people who are going to attempt coups, especially in the United States, and we're going to need to criminalize capitalist speech. And if you have to be re-educated on how to not be a capitalist, there has to be something done. I mean, <laughs> so I guess that is going to be, it, it's hard for people that aren't communists to hear. Um, but I, I think that after they really start studying and reading and get out of the, oh, well, I'm a centrist or I don't see things, you know, that kind of way, I think they might understand a little bit more. Unless they just want to be an anarchist that, you know, tries to do mutual aid within a capitalist country that's oppressing them, you know, I don't know. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on uh, criminalizing capitalist speech? Uh, well, you, you definitely just advocated for gulags, so <laughs> I believe that um, capitalist speech is um. I believe that capitalist speech is just like every other of language. Um, just like every other language is hate speech. It's like hate speech, kind of? Is that what you said? Yep. Okay, because, yeah. Because, um... The bourgeoisie will always be trying to stage a comeback. They will not take their defeat lying down. They will struggle until the last ditch. And the first time you were actually there for this conversation in the thread, um, you know, I asked if I could vote for Gloria Lariva in Alabama, and I got some helpful information from my friend. He's a he's a Biden supporter, you know. Um, and voted for Biden, and uh, he was just like, um, you know they want to criminalize capitalist speech, and I was like, no, and at that time, I didn't really see or understand why that was necessary, but now I do, and I think you and my friend Tommy were the only ones that could explain it in a way that it started to make sense to me, um, but it, it didn't really make sense until further reading. I think, yes, it may seem brutal, but at the end of the day, in the words of Ernesto Che Guevara, um, we must struggle every single day to make sure this love that we feel towards humanity becomes a reality. Mm -hmm. Communism is not about hate. It's not about putting people in fucking gulags. It's about it's about love. It's about love towards your fellow man. It's about um, helping your fellow man. It's about promoting a new world that does not involve exploitation of the worker, that does not involve the exploitation of anybody. It ends exploitation. That builds a system that 
is not designed that is not just designed for that is not just designed for a group of people but designed for um everyone yeah like we want um a quality of opportunity and maybe that's even being a little too vague but um i mean just the five basic needs of everyone met and i mean we live in such an age of excess where you know it would be very easy to do that i mean housing for all like living wages for all you know uh people like uh, the proletariat in charge of the means of production um you can correct me if i'm like (laughs) misspeaking here um you know just very simple things like that um ending imperialist wars um you know uh no more landlords (laughs) because we'll have housing for everyone uh, and uh health care for everyone i mean um and unless you're super rich i don't really think that you have anything to worry about Um, I think a lot of people still see themselves as, um, possibly being able to, uh, bootstrap, become rich. Yeah, the temporarily embarrassed millionaires of America. (laughs) They believe that, um, they can still be rich they can still get on top and why would they want to ever endanger the fact that they might have to continue to not be rich and they will have to be like everybody else in this world it's um it's an interesting dynamic especially like you know, even when I show people our party platform, um, it's not like ra- that. What it's radical in the sense of um, the current state of American politics, but it's not radical in the sense of like hu- like just human nature, like morality. You know, like um, it's. Uh, it's strange what people will see as uh, offensive or treasonous these days. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, to, to make a lighter comment, um, seeing uh, Corey from um, Boy Meets World do that anti-communist uh, lesson on Girl Meets World, straight to my heart, just destroyed me. <laughs> I don't know if you watched the clip, but it was rough. It's because um, communist propaganda is of the utmost importance. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Anti-communist and communist, yeah, I would say. The bourgeoisie will always be terrified 
I just know, like, motherfucking Feeney wasn't up in, like, Corey and Topanga and Angela and Sean's business, like, that wasn't their own personal business. He was never like, oh, communism's bad, by the way. Like, I mean, you know, uh, so it sucks that they added that into the, the new show, which is, it wasn't good anyway, but, um, like, we don't live in the world that, like, he, he talks about, like, incentives, and without incentives, no one will want to do anything, which has been debunked by um, almost everything. And then he also was, like, uh, talking about how uh, there were three of them, you know, in the, the jumpsuits, as always, as they call them. Um, and he's like, you all get C's. And they're like, but we got A's. And it's like, well, divided by three, three into three people, you get C's. And they're like, oh, that's not fair. And first of all, that's not math. And second of all, <laughs> they're like, communists. Like, communists. And I was like, are you really going to do that? Like, that shitty of a pun? Communists? Like, uh, it was bad. It was just, it was the highest level of cringe that Corey posted on our uh, Boy Meets World timeline. Another funny thing that happened um, today, uh, mom saw my uh, Comrade Luna shirt um, and they were out of the hammer and sickle one. So I got the uh, red and black um, and she's wearing uh, People's Liberation Front scarf in it. And my mom thought it was Yasser Arafat's scarf. <laughs> so that was that was pretty humorous to me. Anyway, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we can end this so we can um, start, start on the other second one and on the right. where we talk about the Soviet Union. And on the next episode, we will talk about the Soviet Union. And then we will rip Trump's interview. Sounds good. Um, Lennon? Rise from your grave. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you in a few seconds. Okay. See y'all next time.